The world's economy runs on electronics and semiconductor chips. Many of these chips are made in massive multi-billion dollar facilities run by foundries like TSMC, Samsung, and Global Foundries. Right now the world is going through a protractive shortage of these semiconductors, especially in the case of TSMC, the most advanced foundry out there, there is only a limited amount of capacity available for all of its hundreds of customers. So why can't TSMC just build another factory? Obviously more factories need to be brought online. Just how hard can it be? In this video I want to talk about the logistical and financial challenges that foundries tackle when building and running a new fab. What are the thorny construction issues, environmental issues, and financial trade-offs involved in dealing with them? I have done these engineering construction type videos before for the Hong Kong airport and the Taipei MRT. Super fun, but they are always complicated and so much is left on the cutting room floor. Please forgive me for any errors. Let us begin with the basics. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the Patreon. For those who have not signed up to the early access tier, you can get access to a large backlog of videos queued up and waiting to be released to the public. I try to keep the number as high as I can. Uh, right now, I think it's about 15. It will help support the channel, especially when it comes to researching brand new topics that I have never written on before. To write coherently on anything takes a lot of time. So head on over to the Patreon page and take a look. I deeply appreciate anything you'd be able to sign up for, and thank you. What is a fab? A fab is shorthand for a semiconductor fabrication facility. It houses offices, locker rooms, storage facilities, test and packaging rooms, and the clean room. These are massive facilities, aircraft carriers on land. Take for example TSMC's Fab 14, a gigafab located in my hometown of Tainan. Completed in 2008 over the span of two years, the multi-story building has over 114,000 square meters in floor space. And like an aircraft carrier, Fab 14 houses its own cafes, cafeterias, convenience stores, bakeries, and bookstores. Unlike an aircraft carrier, it also has car parking. Everything needed to manufacture wafers at full scale. At capacity, Fab 14 churns out 30,000 pizza-sized wafers each month. This is an amazing, spare-no-expense facility. How does a company create such a thing? Imagine that you want to build and rent out rooms in a 1,000-room resort hotel to take advantage of a hot tourist region. Constructing the whole thing all at once would take years. You're also not sure how long the tourist boom is going to last, and if it will still be around when you're done. So, what if you build and complete just part of the resort first? You tell your construction crews to start and finish, say, 300 rooms. That gets done in a year, and you can start making money on those rooms right away. Once the money is in hand, you start to build the rest and finish it. This is, in short, how TSMC and other foundries build a fab. Fab construction in its entirety takes about three years from start to end. This is a long time, no matter how you spin it. Semiconductor chips and the process nodes that made them become outdated extremely quickly. The profitable economic life of a process flows about three to four years. Afterwards, a unit cost of a chip drastically declines. Considering their staggering costs and the nature of the business, you want to be able to get paid back as soon as you can on your multi-billion dollar investment. No company can have its 20 billion fab 
sitting idle at the site being constructed. TSMC needs to get it up and running as soon as possible. So the company breaks down the entire construction process into separate and parallel packages or phases. Construction begins long before the whole design is complete. The process gets to production much faster, but as a result, gets fantastically more complex. You start by figuring out where to put your new fab. You're considering a variety of factors when trying to decide on a site. What are the tax incentives? How much land is available to build on? Are there enough qualified, well-educated workers around that you can hire? What are the tax incentives? Available infrastructure, like constant water and power, is especially critical. When AMD, now Global Foundries, announced that it would build a fab in New York's Luther Forest Technology Center, local officials said that it would take about two years to get the necessary water, sewage, and road connections completed. It ended up taking seven years. For that particular project, water was the biggest obstacle. The local, state, and federal governments, as well as various private entities, pitched in over $65 million to build a 28-mile pipeline and a purification plant on the Hudson River capable of purifying 14 million gallons of water a day. And that is in New York, which for practical purposes has an unlimited amount of water for industrial use. TSMC's fabs use a stunning amount of water. In 2013, those fabs by themselves generated 19 million tons of wastewater. It is undoubtedly higher today. Tainan, in contrast, the entire city, that year, generated 29 million tons. Taiwan gets a lot of rain, but it suffers from its own water supply issues. As a result, Tainan has requested that TSMC's fabs try to recover 85% of the water it uses. To meet these goals, the company built a large rain collection system to capture rainwater and store it in 700-ton tanks. Wastewater generated from industry is treated for 25 different chemicals and can be reused. If not reusable, then is put in the cooling tower to help maintain temperatures throughout the whole building. Geographic and geological concerns also play a role in placing the site. Taiwan happens to be a very earthquake-prone location. I have another video about the earthquake risk to TSMC's fabs, but to summarize, the company builds dampers into the facility to reduce tremors by up to 40%. These, of course, all cost money to build, need to be tested and constructed, done right, and delivered on time. With all of these considerations, the cooperation and tax incentives of local government is critical. California's Silicon Valley no longer has fabs for a good reason. They all had to leave for environmental and resource constraint reasons. I did a video previously about TSMC's move to Taiwan South. There is also another regarding its decision to enter the China market. Both are worth checking out and are in the TSMC playlist. At the heart of a semiconductor fab is the clean room. The clean room is where the chip fabrication happens. Because a single piece of dust can render a chip useless, pure air is constantly pumped in and anyone entering needs to wear bunny suits. The size of these rooms TSMC's Fab 14 clean room is 31,000 square meters large, or roughly five and a half soccer fields. Combined with increasing demands on air purity make clean room construction costs pricier than ever. Their costs skyrocket as expensive HVAC machines have to be brought in to maintain purity throughout such larger spaces. Fab clean rooms have three types of configurations, a ballroom style, a tunnel style, and a mini environment style. 
the ballroom allows for maximum flexibility. The tunnel less so, but is also cheaper. The mini environment, which is what TSMC uses, comprises of compartments segmented by the level of cleanliness. So you have one compartment with class 1, another with class 10, and another with class 1000. This helps keep costs down as HVAC machines only need to maintain strict levels of cleanliness in a fraction of the overall area. It also allows TSMC to start production in one environment while crews simultaneously fill out the other environments. Speaking of filling out, let's talk about the equipment. The equipment inside the fab typically makes up to 75% of the cost of the entire facility. So selecting and acquiring the right equipment is critical in making sure that the whole fab is delivered on time and within budget. Trade-offs need to be made everywhere throughout the process. Here's one small example. You are bringing in your expensive equipment and need to place it within your clean room. Where do you locate it? At the time of the clean room design, this might not be so clear. So you decide to expand the range of your piping, HVAC, and utilities throughout all of your microenvironments. This offers you maximum future flexibility to deal with any unforeseen issues, but at the same time, bloats the budget. But if you don't do this right and mess up the placements, then there's the potential of an even more expensive work stoppage. So it's all about making the right trade-off. A cutting-edge ASML EUV machine can cost over $150 million by itself. The company only makes 50 a year. Making sure that it is properly brought over and installed in the clean room without defects must be a nerve-wracking process. Accidents can happen. In one anonymous insurance report, I read about a $5 million piece of equipment that got dropped as it was unloaded from an elevator. The device looked fine on the outside, but inside it had suffered trauma and needed to be returned to Japan for recalibration at a cost of $200,000 and incalculable lost time. Generally, almost all semiconductor foundries run their fabs on top of precise data management and tracking. They want to know how well their processes are yielding and whether or not there can be room for improvement. You want to get to a good place as soon as possible so that the fab can start making money for the company. And there is always room for improvement. The equipment is brand new, the process steps are brand new, there are mistakes made. There is always a lot of fat to cut within the thousand or so steps that go into making a chip. So teams on the ground should have both the technical competence and the leeway to make changes whenever they recognize the opportunity. The engineers work together with the operators and the technicians to recognize, diagnose, and solve such problems. Internal foundry teams also work very closely with the vendors that make the equipment they are using. The vendors know the equipment best, after all, they made it. They also work with the customer to make sure that the product they get is the one that they want. This means that for the most advanced nodes, you want to make sure that you are working with customers you really trust. Newer, more unfamiliar customers might start with more mature nodes first before progressing to the hot stuff. As TSMC embarks on building its fab in Arizona, its first advanced construction project situated on the other side of an ocean, it is hard to appreciate just how rough and unforgiving of a task the whole thing is. I suppose it is like what they say about ducks. You see a duck floating on the water, but you have no idea how frantically it is paddling beneath the surface. I can, it's hard for me to even think about it really. To construct, equip, 
and optimize a fab so that it can start making on-time deliveries of a fantastically advanced product is hard. You're building a boat, launching it into the sea, and setting sail before you have finished installing half the engines. And now, they got to do it 11,400 kilometers away from home. I'm looking forward to see how they turn out. Alright everyone, take care of yourselves out there. I hope you enjoyed this particular series on TSMC. I still have a few other topics I want to write about, but there's also a hu huge amount of other things that I want to look at as well. If you're interested in the type of content that this YouTube channel focuses on, feel free to sign up to the newsletter. You'll get an email every so often. Or uh, if you want to support the work I do here, uh, check out the Patreon. So everyone, take care of yourselves. It's a crazy world out there, and I'll see you next time.